In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. Today, we're connecting with two amazing individuals. You're going to love their story, their journey as we go up Success Mountain. Annalyn and Brandon Miller are successful business owners and the parents of seven children spanning two generations. They're passionate about seeing families engage a strength-based parenting approach that unearths the uniqueness in every child and empowers positive parent-child relationships through every stage of life. They are the authors of the new book, Play to Their Strengths, A New Approach to Parenting Your Kids as God Made Them. And I couldn't be more excited. Uh, A mutual friend introduced them to me. And so without further ado, please welcome to the show, Annalyn and Brandon. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. Well, first off, I'm excited you both are here. Thank you so much for making it a part of your day. Question out the gate. Either one of you can answer. What is your definition of success? I think the fact that we look at our life through the filter of the impact that God allows us to have. And we think about a legacy that goes far beyond us. And is carried on in our kids and our kids' kids and beyond that. So I think fulfilling who God made us to be, um, how he wants us to live, and the people he wants us to touch would be our definition of success. I like that. Uh, Where are you guys based out of? We are just south of Sacramento, California, a little city called Elk Grove. Uh, Is that where you both grew up? We did. Yeah, primarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sacramento, Elk Grove area. I'm a, I'm a third generation out here. I think Annalyn's the second or third generation. So we, mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time out here. Before the show today, we were talking a little bit about your backstory and you mentioned that you've kind of known each other for a long period of time. You've been married 26 oh. plus years, seven kids. That's like going to be a fun story. <laughs> when did you first meet? So, so we were kids and Annalyn's dad dated my aunt. So we happened to be around the same church and the same Bible classes so we saw each other, interacted, but we didn't really meet meet until uh, high school. High school would be where we were formally introduced. Did you have young life growing up or anything like that? Campus life, actually. My parents were campus life directors. My dad worked with his parents. <laughs> That's so, you know what, you know, I, I, gotta, I think about it, probably one or two couples in my life, I've been able to say, hey, they started really getting to know each other as friends in the junior high, high school, and then been able to go on and just had incredible marriages together. What are some things that you remember about each other kind of growing up, like before you get out of high school, just like about one another? What's funny about our story is we didn't get along when we first met. <laughs> <laughs> that is the unique thing about we, our story. We, we didn't really like each other and, uh, and actually had a little bit of, uh, you know, rivalry together around each other and our friend groups. And uh, I'll never forget the day that uh, we had done one of the campus life trips to like a, uh, 
uh, a river where we're going to do water skiing. And this uh, lovely young lady comes walking by me in her bathing suit. And uh, my whole perspective of her changed at that moment. <laughs> and <laughs> so we, we, we struck up a conversation and, and started, to, started to date. And I think just remembering how uh, engaging Annalyn was, how kind, um, of course, very attractive. Um, but also just getting to know her as a person, I can just remember, you know, that, wow, I, I've never dated someone like you, you know, just your heart, your passion uh, was really attractive. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's very nice. I like that. Annalyn, your, your kind of vision of uh, Brandon. Yeah. So Brandon was your typical jock is what we called him. And so, you know, for me, and, and he was very hardworking. So he was a straight A football jock. And so, you know, I think our relationship during that time was most memorable because we really supported each other. I would go to games hours away <laughs> to support him and, you know, make sure he had food. And, you know, I was just definitely, we call it Twitter-pated. Yeah, Twitter-pated. <laughs> So at an early age, settled your differences. When did you guys all get married? So we uh, we got married three months after high school graduation. Yep. Most uh, kids are going on, you know, summer break before they go <laughs> off to college. And our first daughter arrived a month later, and so we hit fast forward on the family life planning. So we, uh, you know, we got to be each other's support system very early, and thank thankfully have just had an amazing support system from our family when we were very young yeah, and that married. Was a big but uh, we grew up together. So we got to grow up with kids. Uh, first child born right out of school there. Second one a year and six days later. Mm -hmm. And then uh, two years after that was number three. So we were fast forward into three kids before we were 21. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So looking back, what would you change? I don't know that I would. There's so much that defined who we are and what we've become. And I, it's hard to replace the lessons from, you know, your, your life learnings and uh, so many things that I feel like we, we gain, but, you know, maybe, maybe being uh, a little more mature, but uh, looking at my now young, younger twenties, I think, yeah, we were probably right on pace. <laughs> with, with, Three with kids by the time you were 21. Wow. Yeah. My wife was uh, 19 uh, when she got pregnant, 20 when she delivered, and our son just turned 20. And she was like, wow, that's how old I was when you were brought into this world. So it was kind of like this moment. As right. you fast forward and you say your kids are, you know, grown and married, some of them. Our older three are all married. Um, two of them, our son has a, a, a son and a second one coming in a month. He's 24. And our 25-year-old just found out yeah, that she's she pregnant. Yeah, she just found out she's pregnant. So we're very excited. And our 22-year-old was just about two years married now. Yeah. You, don't, you both don't look a day over like 30. So uh, whatever you're doing, keep it up. Just keep, keep moving in that right line. You found the fountain of youth somehow with all these kids running around. Honest living. I think we have found that living uh, to our best effort anxiety-free has been, has been a so. huge, uh, huge blessing to both of us. Did you find, you know, having three kids by 21, you said a little bit of maturity maybe would be one thing you changed, but I think anybody starting out that young would have to say something similar to that just because you don't know what life's all about. You're kind of right. figuring it out. When you were growing up, God probably was a big part of your modeling 
but parents, mom, dad, who was, who was the support system for either one of you? Like growing up when you look back, like for myself, my dad was gone. So my mom was my support group. Right. Uh, my mom was in my life and then both of Brandon's parents, uh, were very active. So, you know, I would say even in the times we were in school and working, we always had support. I don't know that there was ever a time. Yeah. My mom, my mom really stepped up. Yeah. Uh, she, she altered her life to become a Nana, you know, made, made her grandkids a priority. We, we blessed her with the first three and my, I have three siblings. They all followed suit. I think my parents were up near 28 or 29 grandkids. Uh, but, but yeah. mom, mom really came, came big to the party to say, you know, these are my grandkids. I wouldn't have planned to start this young. You know, if, if for those of you at home doing the math, I mean, your parents are directors of campus life and, your kids are planning a wedding in 18. Yeah, it was a unique. Well, and, and what's, what's Just very unique. Real life. See, we're talking over each other. Yes, <laughs> what's so cool, and you'll, when you open up the book, the forward is actually the pastor of the church that we went to when we got married. And uh, Scott Hagen, who's now, he's a, I, I'll have to say it's one of the most powerful forwards I've ever read in a book because Scott was a young pastor. We were this young couple, and he just talks about, he said, was grace going to be a theology or a practice? And just, just being supported by this church and, and these people that, you know, everyone was a little shell-shocked. You know, oh, my gosh, here's the, here are the kids that are now, you know, starting life, and are we going to be there? And they were. It was amazing. And we were really blessed to, to be well-supported and surrounded. I love uh, the beginning of this, too. I'll just read just a, just a smidgen of it. It says, sure. um, for me, this wonderful new book by Brandon and Ellen Miller, Play to Their Strength, is a story so remarkable, it's become my go-to story whenever I come face-to-face -face with a couple or family in need. You know, that's a, that's a big endorsement right there because it, that tells me with the passion of what the title is all about, Play to Their Strengths, but a new approach to parenting your kids as God made them. So that's, a, that's also a really, really just interesting way to tie it in. So let's talk a little bit about the whole meaning behind the book. Yeah. Um, a couple questions that I do have to help set this up. Sure. Um, how many kids do you have again? We have seven. So you have some experience with kids. I just, just want to let everybody <laughs> listening today know. You said before, uh, Brandon, on your side, there's how many, how many grandkids? Oh gosh, I, I've lost count, but I think somewhere near 28. Is it something with the grandkids, right? yeah. Yeah. So there's something to be said. You know something about kids. All right. So we got enough intel and insight. Well, we're all so, in the same city. So we're all around <laughs> each other. I love it. Very. So there is never not a, a, a cousin birthday party in our life. That, so, is, uh, that is regular. All of those kids don't feed themselves. So what did we do to kind of earn an income to put food on the table for all these amazing kids? So early in our career, um, we, we, we went down different pathways. I uh, served in youth ministry for a significant season um, while being an entrepreneur. Um, Anna Lynn, you know, was a server for a season and then subsequently went into real estate. Mm -hmm. And early in my, in my ministry career, I was exposed to this idea of strengths-based development. Uh, in fact, this was like 2003, four-ish, and uh, was just so struck by this idea of, oh, this just makes sense. Why, why don't we spend more time thinking about people's strengths instead of focusing on their weaknesses? And so I had the opportunity to do that work within the organization that I was a part of. We had a pretty good sized team and lots of volunteers. And I just thought this is awesome. So um, ended up 
going into consulting. So we, dad always was, uh, I was always bivocational. So always two jobs. And at, at, I think when baby number six arrived, we decided dad needs one job. <laughs> I need to do one thing yeah. to be able to be here for the kids, coach their sports, all the things we wanted to do. And so consulting became, uh, launching a consulting firm became what I did in Annalyn by that point. Yeah, I started real estate in 05. So I've been doing it now for uh, almost 15 years. Got you survived team. the first big crash, right? That I, I at least remember is 08, 09. Yes. How's, how's the real estate game now in, uh, in California? It's actually very strong. Going great. Yeah. My brother sells real estate out of San Francisco and he says, you know, one day you're, you're selling a couple hundred thousand dollar condo and the next day someone's listing a two and a half, three million dollar home. It's like, it's, it's so crazy. I, I, uh, <laughs> I want to say thank you first and foremost for, for what we're going to go down as a, as a fun road to decide like, hey, I want to go make the world a better place. I'm going to go put out a book and I'm going to go touch and change a lot of people's lives probably didn't come to mind as the first thing. Somebody may have said, you guys should probably write a book, right? You guys should put this stuff down on paper and you should share it. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that because yeah. um, I was just reading some of just the people's quotes and, and what everybody says. I mean, three or four pages is just, this is a great book. You need to read this. It's great. This is an impact. This is, you know, really just off, awesome to see. So let's talk a little bit about how did this whole book uh, deal come into play? So I, based on just learning about strengths and, and becoming a part of what's today referred to as the global strengths movement. So shifting organizational development from a weakness approach, which basically just says, hey, assess a person in a, uh, you know, annual review, figure out where they're excellent, figure out where they need improvement and put most of your effort toward need improvement. Well, this, this philosophy at its root just shifts that. Let's put more of our effort toward the A's instead of the C's. Well, about you know, three or four years into my own journey, I decided, you know, I had kids coming into their teenage years and we're starting to feel that separation that can happen in adolescence. Now that's supposed to happen. They're supposed to become a bit more independent, a bit more, you know, autonomous, but, but, you know, as a parent, you still want influence. You still want the opportunity to be the number one trusted resource. Right. And we were experiencing a gap. So decided, you know, this is, pretty early in, in this, in this, you know, movement, if you will. So began to make it a, a very strong practice within our home. And as I would go out and speak to organizations and whether it was enterprise or government or, or mid-sized family businesses, I would use my kids as the examples. And so when we found ourselves talking about, oh my gosh, we learned that you know, our, our oldest daughter is totally opposite to the two of us. And <laughs> oh my goodness, it changed everything. We could talk to her now. She's a real human. Like we would just, you know, just talk very candidly just about how we were learning about our kids. And then this, you know, this stream of, of commentary was, you should say more about that. We would want to hear more about that. And then I could be in a room of CEOs, talk all about their businesses. And I would have more of them say at the conclusion, can you tell me what you did with the kids again? Can we talk about that? Can you take me back to the family side? Because I got this teenager or this young adult or this 10-year-old. And so we've, uh, I think just in our own marriage, you know, have found that, you know, you, you, when you're running, running businesses or running kids, it's easy to grow apart. It's easy yeah. to find yourself, you know, looking over at each other going, oh, yeah, I still like you. We're, that's, you're my wife. And so we, we said, hey, look, what if we partnered on something? What, what would it be like? And, it, and we, we gave it some real prayer and thought. 
And then, you know, woke up one day, we both said, what about a book? What if we wrote a book about our journey? You know, gave people an opportunity to hear about what we're doing. And two years ago, yeah, two years, little, almost two years, two and a half and said, let's, let's start to plan what that could be like. So did you, did you write out enough to kind of then think about maybe going and pitching it and trying to see if somebody would publish you? (laughs) So that's the, that's the, this is the beautiful story is just that. We were going to write a book one way or the other, self-publish or get it published. We just started writing. Didn't know what we didn't know about publishing. So started writing. We were three chapters in. We had a really great, uh, you know, ghostwriter partner that was helping us, you know, piece it together. And, you know, I go to give a talk in Eugene, Oregon to a room full of CEOs. And the facilitator of the meeting says, hey, by the way, the CEO of Harvest House Publishing will be here today. And he's bringing his whole team. Um, so step lively. <laughs> I said, okay, you know, how do you slide in that you're writing a book without sounding like you're sliding in writing a book? Um, and so we just go in with, you know, um, through through just asking the Lord, hey God, you know, if this is if this is if you're, it seems like you're lining up the dominoes, but I don't want to presume. So let's just give it a go. So it was a half day talk, and at the conclusion, I was invited to stay for lunch with the CEOs. They had dismissed all of their executive teams. And so it was just a group of us uh, around a table. And someone asked me the question, hey, are you working on anything besides these talks for businesses? I said, as a matter of fact, I am. Uh, My wife and I just started a book. Well, the CEO is two seats away, lifts his head up and says, I want to know more about that. He takes a card out of his pocket, slides it across. And he said, we were just talking at our table that as you were telling stories about your kids, you need to write a book about that. I said, well, I'm three chapters in, he says, send me your chapters. So shot him over what we had. I mean, obviously this is where you find out if you've got anything good, right? <laughs> You're going to send it to a, you know, a, a mid-sized publishing house. And they get back to us within a month and said, we want to meet. We think you, we think you got something that, uh, um, that we could really run with. And so off, off we went down the journey. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. I want to come back and talk about what was said at that table because it's not every day that someone just from a authoring company sticks out their business card and says, hey, I want to learn more about that. Send me your three chapters. I want to know what you were feeling when you set your three chapters off. You can, you can have the best relationship with God, but you still have your brain to deal with. That's and right. that thing can play games on you. are like, it's good enough. I haven't heard back. So I want to learn more <laughs> oh, about yeah. today. I want to learn about that. I want to come back, Annalyn. I want to talk to you also a little bit about real estate because I think it's fascinating how you've been able to probably help out some of the family. Also the CEO when we come back as well of 34 Strong. Uh, Darren was a guest uh, who is your partner. And so that's kind of how we all got connected. So uh, I want to learn so much more today, but I just want to say thank you for being here. We're talking about your brand new book when we come back, Play to Their Strengths. So it's a new approach to parenting your kids as God made them and so much more. Stick around. We'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled podcast. We're going to take a quick break. And since Tony's taking one, let's take one together. Let's take a deep breath. Wherever you are, feel those ribs expand, that chest lift towards your chin. Let's do it now. That feels good, right? That's one of over 23,000 breaths you're going to take today. You don't even think about it, but you're focused on that one. That's life. That's rejuvenation. That's the moment right here. And thanks for doing that with me. We all matter. Those breaths matter. Let's remember them. And let's get back to the show. We are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast. My name is Tony Grebmeyer. Today, we are joined by two special, amazing human beings who somehow have seven kids and something like 
28 grandkids amongst their family with everybody associated and I'm just blown away. And through conversation, uh, his job as the CEO of 34 Strong, doing talks, being in front of executives and CEOs, somehow a table conversation led to what they'd already been contemplating of writing a book and actually spending, you know, time writing it three chapters in to that. How do I, how do I get this in front of this guy who's coming today? I just happened to found out the, the publishing guy, he's going to be here. Maybe I can just somehow tell my, my book story to him. And next thing you know, God plays that magical role and does a lot of the work for us, sets it all up, tees it up nicely. All you have to do is take a swing at it and watch what happens. So thank you guys for being here. It's awesome just to talk about your life and all these amazing blessings that have been bestowed on you, but now you're giving back. And I love, I love the whole book. I love the whole idea behind it. I love, I love the fact that, you know, when you open a book, normally there's like one or two quotes. They're like, it's a great book. And here you, you got to just feel like, wow, you did something right. You've got tons and tons of blessings from so many people. Every parent who is serious about raising children to be who God made them ought to read this book. Chris Hines, author of Made to Pray. And, and when you keep reading it, this book introduces an approach to parenting that is guaranteed to increase the love and reduce the stress and conflict in our homes, Ryan Darby, PhD. So you just one after another, you get all of these people giving their blessings. So let's talk about that day, that conversation, sitting around the table when he hands you a business card and he says to you, send me your three chapters. So as we were discussing the concept of the book, he said, you know, how, how do you, how do you, how do you talk about this? And I said, you know, we're, we were introduced to this concept of seeing your kids with shining eyes, smiling faces, like, like vividly looking at kids whose eyes were shining. And this concept was shared through uh, one of our pastor uh, influencers in our life. And, and he had learned it from uh, the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra founder, a guy by the name of Benjamin Zander. And Zander said that he had a way that he measured success he would look into the eyes of his players and if their eyes were shining, he knew that he was doing his job as a leader. But if they weren't, he said, you get to ask the question, what am I, what am I being or doing that my player's eyes aren't shining? And in the same talk, he said, you as a parent can look at your kids the same way. Who am I being that my kids' eyes are not shining? And so as I shared this with the, with the CEO of Harvest House, I said, you know, we want to write a book that really helps parents to see that they were made to, to light their kids up with joy, with this engagement. And much of what we've been taught about parenting and, and, and I'll say plays out to education and what we do, you know, what I do for a living in management, it actually does the opposite. It reverses. And God didn't make our kids to be a mystery to us. You know, he, he made us to know them and know who they were intricately and how uh, to bring them. So in sharing all this in a, in a four or five minute space, he just, he just said, wow. He said, I have to know more. He said, that really sounds like a concept that we could get behind and we would love to be a part of that. So I, I walked out of there. Literally, I think I floated out of the room <laughs> when I called Annalyn and then I called our friend that was helping us on the back end, put our words together. And, and she had done a little bit of research. She said, do you know that you can't even get a book in their door without an invitation unless you have an agent? Like you don't get in there. That's you had the best invitation at all. Yeah, it was, it was for sure. To us, we walked out going, well, I think God wants us to publish a book. So we, we just sat down and, and really thought through. And this is something I said to him, you know, we didn't plan it this way to be parents of seven with two 
you know, with this seven and a half year gap between their older three, younger four. But it was like having a chance to influence the, the older ones, mm -hmm. you know, later in life. And they could see the before and after, which we talk about in our book very candidly. Our before picture was not pretty and our after was very different. But the younger four, this is what they know. Mm -hmm. And so the kids are actually quoted in the book, which the uh, publishers really thought would be powerful is to hear from them. This is part of the experience. So mm -hmm. that's, that's, uh, that's where we got rolling. And by January of, what was it, 18? Yeah. Um, we, were, we were six chapters in, and then, of course, everything gets reconfigured as you write. And then by uh, September of last year, it was ready to start putting into press. I love it. I, I, the first three chapters, how different are they today than what you wrote originally? Pretty different. <laughs> yeah, they were, they, you know, you, you go in with an idea of how it will look, you start working with your substantive editor who then, well, I think three would be better as seven and two yeah. goes here. So you, you go in knowing that you're, you're going to be engaging around how does it land? What's the best way? Um, I would say chapter one's pretty close though. Chapter yeah. one probably stayed right where it needed to stay. Two and three were different, but one, one, you know, stood up because it was such a great foundation for where um, parents can get an idea of what we're going to talk about. So AnnalynBrandon.com, A-N-A-L-Y-N-B-R-A-N-D-O-N.com. You can figure out from Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, the rest of the world. It's all going to have all the details at AnnalynBrandon.com about where you can pick up this amazing new book. So you write the book, you hit, you know, the final send to your publisher. They say, hey, it's a great, it's a green light. We're publishing this book. How long did that take till you finally had a physical copy in your hand? Hmm. Year and a half, 18 months. Yeah, from beginning to end. From the point we signed a contract, a year and a half. Yeah, about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. and what was the kind of conversation then during that process? Like, I can't wait for my book to be out. Why is it taking so long? What, what kind of conversation does an author have? So they gave us a, a form that listed um, just the process. And the first, uh, not even quarter of the page, this is your part. And the entire rest of the page, this is our part. <laughs> So you write the book, you get it all turned in, and then we go to work with our editing and our, our illustrations and our pieces and, you know, all our part, marketing, setting it up. And so they said, you know, and they, they were, they have been just such a blessing to work with. Yeah. Gave us updates of how it would go, what we're looking for. The hardest part actually was coming up with the book cover. That probably right. That we, probably didn't get the, the, we actually didn't get a visual image of the book cover until a month before they yeah. were ready to print yep. right around a month before they were ready to print. Do you think we can kind of just do an overview of the four strategies to overcome weakness that you share about in this book a little bit? I'd love to help people because uh, you talked about strengths, not weaknesses, right? And I think so many times we, we look at their weaknesses instead of all their strengths. So I really wanted to just resonate on this a little bit. Okay. So we have, a, we have a chapter in the book where we encourage parents, first of all, let's pause and learn your strengths. And so we, we have a, an assessment that parents can leave the book, go to a website, and they can take an assessment to learn their parenting strengths. We call it Incredible Parents. So for all of us parents who have seen enough Disney movies to choke a horse, we have you know, the, book, the movie The Incredibles. So we use that image in the chapter, and then they learn their strengths. You know, there's, there's eight indicators. They get, their, you know, they get them in order, so they see ones that really – are the strong ones down at the bottom. And then going into the next chapters, we talk about, okay, well, now what do you do with weaknesses? Like if it, 
first of all, if you're gonna if you're gonna find an area where you just can't pass mediocre, you can work hard at it, you 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 give it a go, but you will never be the arts and craft mom. Like you know it. Like arts and crafts is painful. Um, you are not gonna match those Instagram moms that seem to just create things out of thin air. We would say maybe you could just stop it. Maybe that's for strategy. Maybe there's things you're trying to do right now that no one would miss. Your kids wouldn't notice. You're trying to compare yourself to the, to the, you know, the, the, the people in the world. So that's one of the first strategies is just really letting go of those things that you're trying to, to create a version of yourself that isn't actually who you are. Mm -hmm. And we, we talk about this, this real condition that faces leaders in the world, but it hits parents. It's imposter syndrome, trying to pretend to be someone you're not. And it's this fear of being found out. And with our kids, they do not need us suffering from that. They need us focused on them being yeah. authentic, genuine parents um, to the best that they can have from us. Thank you for sharing. That's, you know, what's crazy is like, I, this is like the kind of book I wish I would have had, you know, when I, when I first became a father, you know, I had an example of a dad who did the best he could. And then I had this struggle because my mom was always gone. And I looked back at my mom and I realized, where was she? Right? She was working to put food on the table for my older sister and myself. She worked three jobs. My parents divorced when I was like three months old. So I always kind of think like, wow. So I modeled what I saw around me. How much of what you two started out as parents was from modeling from what you saw around you versus what you actually learned with on the job experience? Uh, most of it. <laughs> I would say, and yeah, most people probably you know, commonly find this, that you will model what was done to you, how you, you know, your parents raised you, or for instance, just in general, you know, the, the families that you were most around. And so you would model those things. And I think for us too, that was probably uh, a big eye opening experience as in our, in our marriage to begin looking at the strengths that we each had and then how we would apply those to our parenting strategy yeah. and realizing that there, there are some things that I know I have to do when I need to do them, but if he's stronger in them, you know, I'm going to talk to him, allow him to maybe handle certain areas at certain times, you know, when it makes sense like that and, and being okay, being vulnerable with each other, being okay with saying, I really struggle with this or, you know, you're much better at that. And I respect you for that. And, um, and I would add to that, you know, we, we talk in the book about the traditional hierarchical style of leadership, top right. down, autocratic command and control. And I, I come from a deeply rooted, you know, family yeah. in that regard. And I bear no ill will towards my upbringing or yeah. my, my parents upbringing because you do what you know. But, but in that, in that frame, you have to be right. That's the, that's the, that's the challenge of that style is, you have to maintain the posture that that dad knows best and I am the authority or you abdicate. So one of the two happen, you know, some experience that abdication, neglect, or this really strong pressure. So moving away from that was to honor our parents, to honor our legacy, to say, you know, we think there's a way to engage with kids that's more collaborative. It's more motivational, inspirational. It's trying to figure them out. It's okay to acknowledge when you're wrong. It's okay right. to apologize. It's okay to say, I really blew that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I wish I hadn't raised my voice or, and then to allow, especially our teens, especially when they start to assert their, their sense of self, 
And and we talk about this concept of um, going from frustra- frustration to fascination. So when your teens frustrate you, not if, when they do it, going, I wonder why you're acting like this. I wonder where this is coming from. I wonder who you are and how I figure you out and, and become curious and ask questions. It doesn't, you know, always work perfect. I mean, we still get frustrated, but we, we in this shift, it opens up this this collaborative spirit between you and your children. Now we're, now we're working together. Mm-hmm. Now we're working together to help design your life, working together to think about the values that are important to you and how you are going to live these out in real life. And I appreciate it. I thank you both for being here today. You know, AnnalynBrandon.com, you can get the book, you can learn where you can get it. You can learn more about each of you two amazing human beings too, because uh, it takes a lot to be able to go through life's journey, especially when you started out so young at raising kids, three by the time you were 21. So I think about that and then you get that gap of seven and a half years and then you get, hey, we're gonna give you more kids. Here you go, do it again. <laughs> and it's the first generation and really the second generation and the lessons you learned from the first you were able to apply to the second and, and now you're out and you wrote a book and you're really changing the world and you're making it a better place for parents too. And so I just wanna say thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. Um, what I want to do is get you into the fulfillment round. That's where it's fun for you. It's fun for me. And anybody listening is going to learn more about you guys. A couple ground rules. There's no phone a friend. There's no, I don't know. You just got to make it up. Um, you, can't, you can't call an audible and you can't call a timeout. So you got to figure right. it out to spit it out right away. Some questions come fast. Some make you pause for the cause and just figure out what you need to say. But all I need from both of you is I am ready. I am ready. I am ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine. No digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicus. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The fulfillment round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? All right. So when you were growing up, life was uh, what it was. Would you find yourself living off of more Top Ramen or Chef Boy RD? Top Ramen. Top Ramen. All right. If you were to go out on town, would you find your family of seven maybe and grandkids and everybody else in a limo or a bus? A bus. Bus. Who would be driving? Nana. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. (laughs) One marriage lesson you can share. 100-100. 100-100. We hear often people say 50-50 is marriage. We go, no, that means you're still leaving half back. It's got to be all in together because it, if marriage is such a, such a wonderful opportunity to meld two into one, um, but you got to go all in. You got to push your chips across the line. Okay. And I would have to say have fun. Laugh a lot and have fun. I think that's 26 years later. That's literally one, like we will belly laugh about things or just, you know, we have a lot of fun together and we consider each other best friends for that reason. Mm -hmm. So I think that's key. I like that. Would you go on a staycation or a destination vacation? Destination. Destination. All day. (laughs) How much free time do you get away from the kids? You two. A year? Yeah. About four weeks. About a month, a year. That's awesome. See, parents listening today, there's something you can learn from raising seven kids. They know that they have to make themselves the priority still so that they can come back and be even better together. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, otherwise, your marriage is centered around kids or career. And then what do you have left when, you when know, both are gone? When you're changing that. 
like yeah. enjoy the ride. You, you mm-hmm. are given this person to enjoy thoroughly and, and, and engage with completely. And it's so much better when you, when you make that a priority as part of budgeting, time budgeting, light, you know, money, but all of that, um, we have found it to be a huge part of um, what's important. I love, Annalyn, what you were saying about having fun. I think so many people these days, they, they skimp out on that. They're so, the head down, I got to get to this, to this, to this. By the time you get to the end, you're like, where did it all go? Yeah. You know, having fun, making each other a priority. My wife and I text or call each other multiple times during the day, check in. I can't wait to get home. She can't wait for me to be home. Um, and it, you just got to make each other a priority. Yes. You know? A couple of last questions that I do have for you. Um, since you're in the Bay Area, we're going to either love each other or we're going to have a riff between each other, me being you guys. Bay Area sports fans, what team do you like? Giants. San Francisco Giants. Okay, that's all right. No basketball? Well, if we had to, I mean, we're Kings are the hometown team, but, yeah. but they're terrible, so we're, we're rooting <laughs> on the dubs right now. All right. Okay. We already like each other. We got the dubs and I got the A's. You didn't say that, but that's my team. Um, yeah, I, I could get behind the A's. We're just diehard Giants fans. I like. I it. have no animosity to those A's. How about the Raiders or the Niners? Niners. Neither. Oh. <laughs> hey, I just want to say thank you for being a bunch of fun today. I want people to go out and grab this book. I, I, I can't wait for our listeners to become more of your success stories of what you're sharing and how you're changing the world. And I really can't thank you both enough for just giving up some of your time today to make an impact in my community, to spread your message, to help, help people to play to their strengths too. I, I think that's a powerful thing that so many of us, we're looking for something else out there to, to come in and save us. And, uh, you know, I'm a believer. I, I woke up this morning thanking God, I'm gonna go to bed thanking God. So I've got that taken care of, but like, there's so many lessons to learn. How do, how do you live an impactful life? How do you, I wrote this down for you guys too, legacy. Yes. Bill, who God, you know, created you to be. Live your legacy, your best legacy now. And you did that for the first three kids and you got the last four. And, and all the experiences between that have really helped you guys to be the people you are today. And I just want to say thanks from the bottom of my heart for being here. Thank you. Thank you very I much. I appreciate it. Yes. So you're going to learn more. Everything you need to know is at AnnalynBrandon.com. Proud to spend time today with you. You can learn more also at 34 Strong. Uh, you can learn about the, the powerful CEO in Brandon Miller. And you can also learn if you're in the Bay Area and you're, you're looking for an agent, you can learn uh, about Annalyn Miller Group, a part of the Keller Williams Realty Group. So thank you guys for being here today. I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, remember to choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.